I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings that's pretty cool. Oh, man, that is good. I'm just that sad clouds. Wow. <laughs> this is the clue. Bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Packs. Exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. This is the plague. We got Pony and uh, we got our man Rollbar. And uh, Rollbar has been uh, around F3 since the beginning. So uh, Redwood, um, but also a, a rucking extraordinaire um, and just an all around high impact man. So um, Rollbar, we're excited to just have a chance to get to know you today. And I think um, if, you, if you don't mind Rollbar, uh, just give us, give us the backstory, give us, um, kind of the origin of your name, who EH, uh, and uh, looking forward to your perspective on that first day. But we'll just turn it over to you, man. Give us, give us some of that story. Yeah, so um, Wait Time and Wait Time's daughter and my kids went to the same elementary school. Um, I had no connection to anybody in F3 or had no connection to anybody in F3 previous to that. So he went and pulled all the dad's emails out of the directory um, for, the, for the grade school. So I get this random email, what is F3? And, I, you know, I had started getting a little bit fit um, starting in that January. I turned 40 in 2018. So um, I had broken 200 pounds for the first time uh, one, and in November before. Thought I was having a heart attack, ended up in the hospital for a hot minute. Um, I wasn't, I was okay, um, but it was enough of a wake-up call to go, okay, Fatty, we got to do something about this. So I started going to the gym in January, um, cut a little bit of weight, and then get this random email saying, what is F3? And I watched a little video that, you know, you see on the on the nation's uh, website that kind of tells you about that. And, you know, free boot camp, hanging out with some guys. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'll go check it out. Um, and so I did and uh, really, really enjoyed it. It was a good workout. Um, it was a lot of fun. You know, the guys that were there leading it were awesome, like really enthusiastic guys who really kind of helped build, plant that culture. Um, my name comes from uh, my, my, my hobby. I, when they asked, you know, what do you do? You know, my answer was I drive a Jeep over big rocks for fun. Um, and so I think tonight's show shouted out roll bar pretty quick. And uh, I mean, I I'm, I'm, might be in the minority, but I like my nickname. I'm pretty proud of it. That's awesome, man. Uh, that's just so crazy, the EHing of wait time, just getting that spam email together. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I commend you for actually taking them up on it. I think if uh, I would have gotten that in my, my inbox, I probably just would have unsubscribed and reported it as spam. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was also close to just deleting it. But like I said, free boot camp, I mean, you may as well check it out. People pay good money for that stuff. That's awesome, man. I don't think a lot of people have the courage to kind of go and do something like that. That's for free, especially if they didn't know anyone. Um, that's, that's, that's huge, man. Yeah, it makes me wonder if we are still doing that. Maybe we should. Maybe we, <laughs> we got to. <laughs> what are some of the moments um, in, in your time with F3? Can you go back to day one, just the, the uncomfortable awkwardness of that first uh, Namorama 
uh, seeing that video pop up every now and then is always hilarious. Um, you know, guys, arms crossed and kind of sour looks on their face. Like, I don't know what the hell this thing's all about, but I'm here. So, you know, I'm going to roll with it. Um, that was fun. And getting to know, you know, meeting Tommy Boy and some of those guys as they came in in the early days was really fun. Um, meeting some of those guys who are just phenomenal human beings um, was really cool. And, I mean, of everything – the whole three years, just the opportunity to, to, to rub shoulders with guys um, who are just wanting to be impactful people, wanting to be what we call high impact men. You know, I mean, that's it, it's almost cliche here now, but there are guys that are driving so hard to make a difference in their community and do things that they're passionate about and serve in ways that whatever ways available to them a lot in a lot of ways. Um, so I, that's been probably one of the greatest privileges for me in F3 is being able to just, you know, associate with incredibly great human beings. I love it, man. And, and I know just as time has gone on, kind of watched you just continue to lean in. And um, one of the, the things that I think, you know, kind of using this um, podcast as a way for guys to kind of share their experience with, um, you know, second and third F opportunities and that sort of thing. And I know rucking is a passion of yours. You've, you've participated in some of the Grow Ruck events. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience because I, I think it's a it's a unique experience. Not everybody has fully engaged in that, but it's really been uh, something for you that I think um, has been a, a positive experience. So share that a little bit with us. What's that been like, and kind of why uh, why have you transformed into this like rucking enthusiast per se? Yeah. So first of all, I just have to say, if you haven't signed up for a grow ruck yet, you're not doing F three right get out there and do it because it is, it's perspective shifting. It's, it is just mind altering. It's, it, I can't even put into words everything that it did for me. In F3 parlance, they talk about ruckership. You'll see that on, on Twitter and stuff. That's a combination of the word fellowship and rucking. Um, so ruckership is this really unique brand of, of fellowship that you get while you're out on a ruck because unlike most people, I mean, Plague can carry on a full conversation um, while he's running, but many of us can't. So the ability to to get a good workout in, get some good cardio in, and carry on really, really good conversation has been something that um, I see as one of the major benefits of, of rucking. That's, you know, I think I mentioned last time, um, that's really how my shield lock got started, was spending a lot of time with those guys under the ruck um, and just chatting about life and all that stuff and really found a connection through that. So I, I think that ruckership is a really unique um, aspect of rucking that uh, a lot of guys won't see in, a, in, a, in another format of workout. Absolutely. I, you know, I think the other thing too that um, you mentioned is it's a, it's a fellowship thing, right? So, so it's, it, you almost get to have the same level of conversation you would have with a guy at coffee, right? I mean, you're, you know, and, and a lot of times I think what I've, in my experience of the few times that I have um, rocked, I think 
you, it's kind of one you're like kind of right next to another guy right it's you know because yeah. you, you have to walk a kind of single file right you can't walk you know five guys wide so so then you, it ends up being you know some solo time with you and another another guy just kind of learning about each other and i think um something that i have i have noticed is with men it's it's doing work you know putting in work side by side and it doesn't really matter running or rucking or you know, when Pony's trying to trying to do push-ups or you know some exercise that he's just not good at. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I think I lead the, lead the league in all categories. I'm pretty yeah. sure. But the experience of um, going through the F3Q source and learning about virtuous leadership, and then going and exercising that in a period of, as, as Dread likes to say, in a period of high stress and low visibility. Um, you know you really don't reveal yourself as a leader when it's sunny out and it's easy going when it's hard and you're in the middle of the suck and you're just suffering and the hard stuff is coming at you fast. That's when your leadership is really revealed, right? Like you, you don't really like it's when it's easy, it's easy when it's hard. That's when it takes real virtuous leadership. So, um, my experience with Grow Ruck, I was really, I was able to be a, a, a platoon leader. So there's about six rotations throughout the night. Um, and each time they designate a platoon leader and an assistant platoon leader. And the cadre then tell you, hey, here's what you have to get done. And it's up to the platoon leader to get a plan in place with the APL. And then tell the guys what we're doing and make it happen. Um, and so... Uh, I was right after a very long log carry and then a nice PT test that was uh, pretty incredible. Um, would have been right up Plague's Alley. It was 100 burpees, run a mile, and then 100 more burpees. And they tell us the standard is 31 minutes. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Plague, Plague would love that one. But uh, I suffered through that. I'm not much of a runner, and burpees were not really my thing, although I've kind of grown to like them a little bit. Uh, it took me about 34, I think 3440 is where I ended up finishing. Um, there's plenty of guys in front of me and plenty of guys behind me. I think I kind of finished middle of the pack. But so smoked from that. They tell us, okay, here's a whole bunch of sandbags you guys got to carry. And so we're carrying all this heavy stuff. And um, there's a period in the night that apparently every grow ruck experiences this thing, like right in the pre-dawn hours where – everything just kind of goes to crap. Everybody's exhausted. Mentally, they're just not focused. They're not working together, you know, all these things. And that's where I was. I was, you know, where my uh, platoon leader rotation was. Um, and, you know, somewhere in the middle of the night, somebody drops this aluminum pole on the ground and it makes a whole lot of noise. And uh, the cadre rips us a new one and tells us we're not being teammates and all this stuff, you know, and says, you don't have the privilege of being a team anymore. Now you got to do this quietly, single file. Everybody carries something. Nobody talks. So here we are walking single file. I've got a, you know, probably 50 pound water bladder on my back in addition to my rug. And I'm in my own head going, man, you really screwed this up. Like you are a terrible leader. You've embarrassed yourself. You've embarrassed F3 Omaha, you know, all these things, just like, that, that negative, um, just that voice in your head where I'm a really critical of myself. I mean, th this is what I figured out is very critical of myself. So this voice is in my head the whole time we're, talk we're walking quietly, quietly and uh, just 
failure, weak, not, you know, bad leader, all this stuff. And then they say, okay, probably about 45 minutes or so of walking quietly. They say, okay, so if we want to, you guys want to kind of redo this, let's finish strong, roll bars back in charge. We reach the end of it. It's this beautiful old railroad trestle bridge. Maybe it's not so beautiful, but in my mind, it's the PAX gets to tell you three things you did well, three things you could do better. Um, and if I were to write on a piece of paper for what I would want people to say about my leadership, those guys read the script. It was, uh, I, I get emotional thinking about it now. I broke. I was in the back of the group just bawling because it was just this thing of like this weight lifting off of me realizing that I'm, I didn't fail for one thing, that I had, I had led well um, and that I can do a lot more than I think I can. I can lead in, in more effective ways than I think I can. And so um, in retrospect, as I thought about it over, I mean, it's been almost a year now, but as, I, as I've thought about it, I really just think about um, how brutal your inner dialogue can be to yourself. You know, like I always used to joke and call myself a fat kid, you know, um, and I'm not that anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty dang fit compared to, especially compared to where I was. Um, and just that hypercritical inner dialogue had to change. And so that's what I learned from that. Um, and I think that watching guys um, at that index, just watching guys kind of process things themselves, I think every single guy had that little bit of an epiphany about something. It certainly wasn't the same thing that I had, but everybody had some sort of a realization from that. So it was pretty cool to see. That's awesome, man. And uh, no, I hear you about the inner dialogue. I mean, not everyone can be like me and the plague where we have unwavering confidence in ourselves and just <laughs> assume we're the best at everything that we do. And uh, although that's not true at all, <laughs> um, but there is something, it just kind of reminds me of DQs and just queuing in general, right? You're, you're talking about these these experiences you're having where you're kind of questioning your leadership in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know in anticipation to my VQ, I was just so nervous. I couldn't sleep the night before. I was trying to plan out everything that I could. I'm like, this is going to go absolutely terrible. I barely know how to count in cadence. I barely know any of the lexicon, like any of the exercises. I hope these guys are willing to even you know, listen to me, um, you know, and, and 40 minutes goes by, 45 minutes goes by and it went super smooth. You know, everyone was there to pick you up and the feeling afterwards, I got text messages from slow pitch from tater top from like, like, Hey, great job, man. That was awesome. And, you know, there were some issues along the ways where I would point them out as hiccups, but overall the, what I got, the feedback I got in return was just so amazing. Um, and so, I definitely see that you had that in your grow ruck experience where you're sitting there thinking to yourself, man, I, I kind of screwed up here. I, I'm messing up here. But then getting that feedback once you finish up, I think that's what it's all about is building each other up after you've had an opportunity to lead and recognizing each other. So that's awesome, man. Well, a couple of things. So, so you're, you're definitely um, way more fit now and, and that includes being more fit than pony. Um, but uh I, I, where was that, yeah, right. <laughs> where was the Grow Ruck experience at in, um, like sequence with you launching Oscar Mike, uh, which is our rucking AO here in F3 Omaha? So I started Oscar Mike in November of 2019, uh, and that would have been the following August. 
Um, so what, what kind of inspired Oscar Mike was seeing a little video clip on Twitter about one of the, one of the grow rucks, I believe it was Naperville and text wait time and said, Hey, this looks really awesome. We should try and get one of these in Omaha. And I said, what do you think we need to do? He goes, well, he goes, I don't know. I said, well, maybe we just, we should start a rucking AO. He goes, okay, do it. So basically I, you know, by you know, default, I guess. I just kind of took this thing and, and started doing, started leading it and um, had hopes of getting, uh, getting uh, Grill Ruck in Omaha. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. And uh, obviously it's uh, great you took it upon yourself to bring something here for the guys, right? Um, taking the opportunity to lead and uh, open it up so other people have a different avenue for some, for some fitness and some fellowship. Um, and that kind of, you know, brings us to our next set of questions here. You know, we've been using this as a, as a mechanism or as a tool to kind of gauge guys and see where they're sitting at with all three Fs. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of curious where you, where you think you find yourself in all, all three. Well, I, I'd say, like I said, my fitness is definitely better than it's been in, in any other point in my adult life, but there's still room for improvement. So I'd say I'm probably in a, you know, on a scale of one to 10, around a seven, um, getting faster on runs, getting stronger on rocks. I, you know, finished and did a nine and a half miler yesterday with the last mile being a, with a 60 pound sandbag on my shoulders just to make it a little harder. Um, so, you know, I, I'd say I, I definitely have room to improve. So I'll, I put myself at a seven there. Uh, my fellowship, man, it's, I mean, it's probably at a nine. I'm, I'm very fortunate with my job working from home here that I kind of uh, can, can come and go at my leisure. So I, like to stay at cafeteria about as long as I possibly can and uh, have been really, really fortunate to, to link up with some guys in a shield lock that, um, you know, just encourage me daily. We're texting every day, talking every day. You know, we try to meet up at, at workouts a couple times a week and stuff. So it's really just been fellowship wise has been out of, out of this world lately. Um, can can I can I stop you real yeah. real quick and kind of have you expand on that that shield lock principle and maybe kind of your experience there? So you know shield lock, I, I I kind of look at it as two things. Number one, you have have the little s shield lock, the lowercase s shield lock of like working out with guys and pushing each other and encouraging each other through the gloom. Um, and then I look at the kind of have this concept of a capital S shield lock where this is a small group of guys that you're accountable to that you're checking in with um, making sure they're okay you're dealing with life's really big stuff um, together and encouraging each other through those things you know we talk about marriage stuff we talk about kids stuff we talk about work you know and that stuff's not always hunky-dory right like that stuff's not always easy and so to have a couple of guys that you can say hey man i I really screwed up with my end this week. I said something stupid and I really feel like a jerk. Like that stuff's great to be, then have your guys tell you, you know, kind of help you through that situation and kind of think through how to, how to make that better, how to try and make that right. You know, but to have somebody to bounce some stuff off of, you know, especially virtuous leaders um, to be able to kind of talk through difficult situations or emotion to make sure that you're not, acting rationally or, you know, those sorts of things. That's really vital to me in the shield lock, but just the brotherhood of having guys that you're checking in with on a daily basis is pretty cool. 
you just kind of cracked the nut there because I think um, I, I love the capital S and lowercase s shield lock. Um, I think a lot of times guys are hesitant about forming a shield lock because it feels like they're excluding, you know? So if I, so if I form a shield lock, then I'm excluding all these other guys, but that's, that's not really the case. I think you're saying you can have both uh, and you should have both, you know? And I, I really like the, the way you outline that. Cause I think, by saying these are the guys that, that I'm going to go through the, the big challenges in life with, that doesn't mean you're excluding all the other guys, right? It doesn't mean you're not going to still lock shields when somebody else needs help, but it does help you focus. Um, I, I really appreciate that, the way you outline that. That's really good. Talk to me about the eight block. So something that um, I know that you have participated in is the developing the eight block, right? And so you've got your concentrica, you talk about your jester, you've got goals on there. Um, but I, I wanted to get your, your insight on the like process of like choosing a few, just a couple guys, right? The intentional smaller shield lock, um, and just kind of how, the, how that's impacted you. And I think, um, I don't know if you have any stories or, or things to share there. Yeah. I mean, so we did initially, we kind of had this informal shield lock where we were texting back and forth almost daily and just kind of checking in with each other, planning out where we were going to work out together, you know, just kind of talking general stuff about life. And then one day, I don't even really know who it was, but it was just like, Hey, do you want to like call this a shield lock and make this a thing? And you know, we're all like, I mean, it's already basically there. So yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to just kind of, quote unquote, formalize this thing as a shield lock and really kind of dig into it together. Um, so one of the first things we did together um, was go through the eight block, which I actually have sitting right here on my desk, so I don't forget about it. Um, but the first page of it is is four quadrants on a, on a sheet of paper, and you have your concentrica, your, your second F, your third F, and your first F. And so, um, you know, you start off by defining what your concentrica is, right? Um, and the concentrica is that that con the concentric rings like a like an archery target, um, and in the middle of that is where you want to aim the, the majority of your efforts. So um, that's your M, your most important relationship. For those of us that are married, by default, our M is our wife. We want to focus the vast majority of our energy on our spouse and let her know that she's the most important thing in our lives, right? So um, it, yeah, almost by default, that's what that is, is your M. Um, so then the second ring out is your 2.0s, your, your kids. Um, so you kind of, you fill those in if you happen to have them. Um, then you have your shield lock. So then, you know, you start to define all these concentric rings and you have to understand, you know, realize as we, we have limited arrows to shoot, right? So we have limited energy to expend um, on who we're investing in. So um, we're going with the most valuable in the middle of the, of the target. And as you work your way out, it's the less valuable. So the last ring is going to be your mammon, your, your job. Like work is important because it puts food on the table and it pays the bills. Um, and it does have some fulfillment to us, but it shouldn't be what defines us, right? The things that should define us as men, as people, are those inner ring relationships of, of, our, of our spouse and our kids and those brothers that we just intentionally invest time in, right? So um, we, we kind of went through and defined all those things together. 
And then you set goals in the first, second, and third F being those other three quadrants. So your first F is your fitness. Um, and I, you know, we just said each set, set a goal. We want to be at so many beatdowns every week. We want to be doing so many pre-runs or pre-rucks every week. Um, and, uh, you know, setting goals for that. And maybe in that first F, there's also um, kind of a target for where you want your, your weight to be and where you maybe your, your FUPA lands, you know, kind of tracking you know tracking that is a good metric for you know your your fitness level at least on some some degree so kind of putting that in there and then um your second f you know you it asks you to list three names of people that that need some love um so um i have for me personally a cousin of mine who's she's uh 22 now i believe uh, her her dad passed away when he, she was about 15 years old. He had cancer, and she came to live with my mom. So I've kind of treated her as a little sister since she came to live here in Omaha. Um, so she's on that list, and a hand, you know, kind of listing out some more people that we need to invest some time in, and perhaps uh, kind of uh, maybe whetstone kind of a relationship as well. Um, and then our third our third F is your faith. So you want to talk about you know we're talking about finding service opportunities um, and investing time of our life into those kinds of things and then what does that higher power mean to you and maybe investing some time in either finding that or gaining a deeper understanding of of what that higher power is for you that's awesome man well let me you know i kind of i have a question there and you're talking about your concentrica and obviously as plague likes to point out that these are all fairly new terms for me um, when I hear you talk about what your concentrica is, how your M is in the middle, then the next ring is your 2.0, then, then your shield lock, and then your job after that. I guess a question that I would have is, what about for some of our younger packs out there? You know, is that concentrica model, or model, you know, can that change? Does that vary depending on where you're at in your life, or is this kind of, I mean, say for example, I don't have 2.0, so it, what does it make sense for that to be my second ring there? I, I just, I don't really know how the exercise really works. So I'm curious on how that, that either shifts or adapts to, to different packs. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I would, I think if the ring is, let's say it's, I don't want to say that it's empty, but you don't have a definable relationship there. Then I would say that that ring kind of almost doesn't really exist for you today. Obviously sometime in the future, you may have kids in which case then your 2.0s gain that, take over that next ring but you know if you don't have kids then you have more time to invest in your shield lock brothers and uh you know those other relationships as you work your way outwards so um you know if you don't have something to fill there then you have a little bit of extra time right you have more arrows so all the uh the all the single guys out there with no kids there it's okay for them to be focusing on their job and, and being number one right <laughs> being number one right now well you see <laughs> You certainly know. <laughs> okay, Clay, what do you got to say? <laughs> so, so I just so it's 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 about proximity, right? And so if, if you go, um, I'm I'm on the Kindle version of the, you know, free to lead, but uh, but page page one nineteen, Pony. Hey, hold on, I've got free to lead with me. I swear I do. Khaki's <laughs> giving me a copy. Of it. <laughs> turned into a, a book study. Um, but what he what he starts talking about is the number of people that would be. Uh, deeply affected by the man's death, right? He, so he's talking about the, you know, most of your impact, that or good, will be right there with your nuclear family. 
Um, and then from there, though, you move out, right? The 12 to 18 people that are non-nuclear family, friends, and colleagues who would be truly and deeply affected by your death. They would walk away. They would walk away from our man's funeral knowing a hole had been left in their lives uh, by his departure from the big ball, uh, which is the world, right? And so I think it's it's proximity. So, I, but but the main focus is relationships, right? When we the where concentric comes into play is when we're trying to to you know bust the myth or the Oprah bomb of work-life balance, right? It's it's you can never balance work on one side and all the other relationships in life on the other. And so, to do that, you've got to look at your relationships based on proximity. And work really does need to be the one of the outermost rings. That being said, you can have colleagues from work that you're in closer proximity, right? Like for, like for me, like Tonight Show and I, our relationship is is good and fairly close, but um, he's probably closer to that middle than my job, right? But there is like just acknowledging there is a relationship between me and the day-to-day -day tasks that I call work or, or mammon as a real bar reference. Right. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. So proximity. The other thing, the other illustration that Dredd has used is spinning plates. So, um, you know, if you see the guy, the act on The Tonight Show or whatever, the guy spinning the plates, there's 10 or 12 plates that are on sticks and they're all spinning. And as they start to slow down, they start to wobble. So he's got to go pay attention to that plate more, right? So he's going to spin that plate more. And maybe... The one on the far far end is your mammon, and the one you know closest to you is your M. And that's that next stick doesn't have a plate on it right now because you don't have 2.0s, so you don't have to worry about that stick. Right? You don't have to worry about keeping that plate spinning yet, but you're focusing on the spinning the plate that has the most needs. Um, you know, so I agree with with the plague. Relationships are the single most important. Um, um, aspect of all of this. Now, your ma'am and your job is important because it does pay bills and all that stuff. And you know, you have you want to develop a, a, a stable professional life, but your initial or your focus should almost always be on keeping those relational plates spinning so that they stay where they need to be. Uh, my daughter Ruby, she's she's a type one diabetic. Um, as, as you know, and um, that was, that is a challenge. That's, there's a lot of um, late nights. There's times where, you know, blood sugar is either running really high or dangerously low. And so um, phones are, are making noise and waking us up and we're dosing or giving sugar to get her back up into a safe range or whatever that may be. Um, so trying not to, to, invest too much of my mental space and like, well, I got to get up and go work out in the morning. Like I want to go post tomorrow, but it's here it is two 30 and I'm awake for the you know third time tonight. Um, at some point I just have to know that, you know, that ring of, of, of 2.0s, I've got to hit the target there tonight. That's just the way it is. And I can't, I'm just not going to post tomorrow. Um, so just the, trying to find that mental space and kind of, be okay with that is a challenge but too. I think I think that's awesome, man. Because I think, especially for some of the newer types here, I think a huge focus is hitting those first self opportunities of hey, I've got to go post. You know, I'm, you get so in this groove of this is my routine, this is something I need to get done to like make my day go by. But I really respect the fact that you're willing to 
take some time to at least have the thought to say, well, this needs more of my focus right now than this workout tomorrow would ever provide for me. Um, you know, I think uh, Duggan's or Honey Stinger kind of brought up the, the principle of smart sacking. I think that's a good example of when you would do that. Um, so that, that, that's awesome there. You know, something that, um, that I know I need, uh, and, you know, I'm not good at making decisions, um, you know, and unfortunately, this is out. We know. We know. <laughs> but but so, so what's so cool about this, right, is, is, is the blueprint for how to make decisions about where to, where to aim your arrows can be found in what you just said, right? I'm, I have a decision to make. Am I going to post tomorrow or am I going to take care of my family? Right. And boy, when you use it as a framework for making decisions, it becomes pretty easy. You know, my, my, so you, then you look at, well, what else do I need to do to make better decisions? Well, you need, this is a passion area for me, but you need values, right? And so then mm -hmm. what do I value? And if you look at my values, um, I've, I've just reused the concentrica, right? I, I value relationships, faith, integrity, service, and challenges. And I'm looking for God to use me and expand and grow me in the areas of my concentrica, right? That, that, that is like the framework of it all. So it's just, um, I don't know, I, I like the, just how you called it out. I mean, it's a decision-making tool that um, really all of us like struggle with, oh, my buddies to think I'm cool and tough because I worked out or I want my wife to not be mad at me later or whatever. <laughs> whatever. You know, whatever well, that should, be, that should be the easiest decision. Your wife is... Uh definitely should be your number one and none of the guys think you're that cool or that tough like so. <laughs> <laughs> uh you're that is right but i but you know and i, I don't want to dismiss that pony because i think it should be an easy decision but culturally or wh whatever that is inside of a lot of us mm -hmm. it makes it a challenge I, and i don't i don't know um i can't explain the why but i but i know that it's there are times where I'm like trying to convince my wife that working out is, is like a better idea. And, and for me, it's not just like that I should go, but it's that I should, for some reason, show up two hours earlier and get in an extra <laughs> half mile or half marathon um, because that's a good idea, you know? And, and yeah. the reality is like, no, I just need to sometimes listen to her and mm -hmm. abide. What, um, so Tell me about the third F then from a faith perspective. Do you feel like has the shield lock kind of helped you accelerate in the third F or, or have there been other things you've found helpful there? Yeah, I think having guys again, that you're kind of being held accountable by, it does help your, your faith walk. Um, I'm, I'm a Christian man. So I, you know, I, I do church and all that stuff. Um, but doing like having guys that you can kind of share those, even those spiritual struggles with, you know, um, I think everybody's got that that burden that they're carrying that, you know, can slow them down if they don't have somebody to share it with. You know, uh, the Bible says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And I think that that's true. You know, having guys that um, are of like faith kind of walking alongside you and encouraging you has great value. And, and it, it definitely has helped me. Man, I uh, I love that. I, I appreciate the the scripture quote there. That's that's been good. What? Um, tell me about other resources. Just just you mentioned cafeteria. We do you know free to lead book studies. We do Q source stuff. 
Um, I know you're, I, at least from what I, I've heard, you listen to the, the F3 Nation 43 Feet podcast. What, you know, if, if guys were going to pick a, a resource or something to engage in to just um, further their, their growth, what, what um, have you found most valuable or what would you recommend? That's a great question. Um, I would say locally getting into QSource together is really, really good. Um, mostly for a fellowship thing because you're, you know, you're getting to know guys. Guys tend to open up in the Q source and talk a little bit about, you know, their personal experience with leadership or personal struggles with leadership or, you know, how their leadership has changed and how it's affecting their family or their work, their workplace and stuff like that. So it's really cool to see um, and, and gain a little bit of an appreciation for where guys are um, in, in their, in their journey. So that's kind of a neat thing, especially for your fellowship um, I, I really enjoy the 43 feet podcast, um, particularly, you know, they're dropping on Mondays, they're dropping the edited down Q source stuff. So initially, um, they ran through the Q source, uh, dread and dark helmet did. Um, and there's about 30 minutes of, you know, chit chat at the front side of it. And a lot of guys, some guys don't appreciate that and other guys really enjoy it. Um, so they've started releasing those edited down where they cut out the BS at the front and basically just get right down to the substantive portion of it. Um, and so you get about 30 minutes of Q source directly from the guy that wrote the stuff. So it's really cool to hear Dred's deeper insight into it. Least favorite exercise and why? I hate Bernie Sanders up the hill. It just <laughs> sucks. Uh, my, you know, the quads, the knees, all that stuff just starts burning. Um, Huffy was punishing us with that about four times up that hill at the octagon this morning and I'm still feeling it. So I hate that. What advice would you give an FMG if he was, if he showed up? Come back. Like, you know, we see so many one and done guys that, you know, either they get completely smoked and they feel, you know, out of place because they're, you know, they're, they're just not in shape, you know, but come back cause that fitness gets there. Um, and, Man, the fellowship is life changing. So, um, if you can stick through the through the suck for a little while and get yourself in shape, then this will this will change your life. You know, as you're listening to Rollbar, he's got a lot of different experiences within this group, and he's also stuck with it for three years. And so, just you know, I think he's he's open, he's available. If you see him at a workout or or at coffee, um, don't don't hesitate to ask him about some of his experiences because I know he would be uh, be happy to share. Um, and then the other thing I'll throw a plug out there, um, the Oscar Mike group is doing this triple play trifecta on Saturday. So you got a, a ruck and a run and a beat down. Um, and from my experience, the, the fellowship during a, a ruck, um, the guys are able to talk. Uh, and so if, if you want to uh, plug in that way, a um, lot of opportunity there. But uh, Rollbar, why don't you give us the old uh, name Rama? to take us out. Jared Hensley, 43, Roll Bar. Roll Bar. Roll bar. Nice All to right, meet man. you. Thank you. Good work. Appreciate